When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Three, two, one. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Boston Scientific. We're streaming live on YouTube. We on Facebook. And, of course, I am your host, Will. Skywalker still. Boom. Good one lined up today, y'all. Today we are going to take a look at past day three draft picks to see if we can determine the future of the current day three draft picks. That's right. Can any of these guys etch their name into some of the successful ones that we've seen here around Dallas? Major successes. Some of them just stuck around. And to help us do that, of course, we're bringing in the big homie, Patrick Nosey Walker, for the Scientific Method segment. Now, you know, we're still working on that name, though, right? Will Sky and the Science Guy. <laughs> Throw that up there. But yeah, Pat will be joining us at the top of the hour to discuss the day three draft picks, y'all. And then in the roundup, uh, Steven Jones talks. He discusses some of this offensive line and a lot of different things. He also brought up uh, contract stuff, and we'll get to that tomorrow. I think we'll, we'll open up the show with that tomorrow. But today, I want to I want to kind of stick to the offensive line conversation that he brought up, plus Michael Gallup speaks. Michael Gallup opened up about his recovery and his mental state and, and physical state as well. So a lot to get to in a short period of time. So we got to jump right into it. But before I do that, What's good, Bomb Squad? Bomb Squad! Hope y'all having a good day. Let me know if the audio is straight. Last time we had issues with the audio when I had Pat on. I'll continue to monitor it from my side. But uh, let's just jump. Okay, so it is. See, right there. See, it's low right there. Let me just jump straight into the roundup. I'll get that situated and we'll be good to go. Appreciate y'all. Let's do it. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yo. Too loud? Too low? We good to go? Let me know. Bars. Stephen Jones spoke with Cowboys reporters. I guess something from the PBR was going on the, the, or the the beat, whatever it is, the bull riding or something was going on at AT&T Stadium. And they decided to ask him a bunch of questions about the Cowboys. So thank you, reporters, giving us something to talk about here. The, the one thing that I took away from this was not the contract stuff. That will work itself out, I think. But the offensive line situation, that's the big talking point heading into training camp or mini camps or what happened when the veterans uh, arrive here next week. 
And this is what Stephen Jones had to say about the offensive line. Quote, our top O-linemen, our top five O-linemen, are our top five O-linemen. Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Tyler Biotish, Terrence Steele. It's ridiculous, all those T's. And Zach Martin. The Smith, Smith, Biotish, Steele, and Martin law firm. He said, it really felt like if you're going to get your best five who have played in this league, those are our best five. We'll see what happens from there. Then they asked him about, or maybe before, who knows, about the left guard spot and specifically, and this is what he had to say about that. Quote, I think we have a talented group of linemen. Josh Ball will certainly get an opportunity to compete there. Interesting. For that spot. We're big fans of Chuma Igdoja. And this staff has done a lot of work on him. We really feel like he can come in there and help. And then we'll see how these rookies can do, especially awesome. It's a great opportunity for him. He's a young guy, long, and we liked what we saw out there in minicamp. So on one hand, the best five, our best five is our best five. Our top five is our top five. On the other hand, Josh Ball is going to compete. Chuma is going to compete. We'll see what we got in awesome is what he said. Huh. Okay. I mean, I, I'm just interested how that works out. Uh, compete for what? Backup? Because if your best five is, is, which this is the best five, Tyron, Tyler, Tyler, Terrence, Zach, those guys aren't competing for a, a starting spot, right? They're competing for a roster spot. They're competing to to be a part of the, the rotation if guys go down, to be a backup, a reserve, a swing. And I think we can all agree that the, the, the five offensive linemen are going to be those guys, right? It's going to be Tyron, Tyler, Tyler, Terrence, Zach. That's going to be the offense line. But we also know Tyron's going to go down. <laughs> At some point, it's going to happen. So they have to be prepared. They they probably should be given Josh Ball, Chuma, Awesome, whoever it is that they got as a swing uh, guard, they should probably be giving them some rep. Because the, the likelihood of those guys or of Tyron going down is extremely high. And when Tyron goes down, that means Tyler goes out the left tackle and boom, we're back at square one at left guard. So he's given us kind of a clear path to what this is here. We kind of figured that after the draft when they did not draft an offensive lineman in the top four or three rounds to come in here and be a day one starter. And here we are. So that is the, the one position I'm going to keep my eye on the most uh, for mini camps and training camps like in preseason obviously Michael Gallup also spoke with some of the reporters uh, about how he's feeling after a year from his surgery he says quote I feel very confident it just feels different I'm smiling every time I walk in that facility huh. also he said I was thinking too much my knee was sore so I talked about this a lot last year, even when Michael Gallup went down. I said, hey, he might be able to physically go run and play. But listening to other injured players that tore the ACL, the guys like Malik Hooker, guys like uh, I think KZ did the same thing at one point. You know, guys who come off those type of injuries, it's usually a mental hurdle they have to get over. Well, not only was it mental last year, it was also physical because we also learned that he had to get surgery on his knee. 
and he just told us, right? Hey, you know, I was thinking too much and my knee was sore. You, that's just not good. You can't have both of those things happening um, when you're relied upon to be wide receiver too. Now, if he gets his confidence back, he should be a really solid number three option for the Cowboys. As long as he has that confidence and that physicality back, if his, if his knee is back, I should say that, not physicality, but his knee is back to being in good health. You know what also is going to help him? Having Brandon Cooks to take that load off his shoulder. The last time we saw Michael Gallup at his best was 2020 when he had Mari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and then it was, oh, snap, there's Michael Gallup. He's just randomly catching a clutch pass or randomly bringing down a, a circus catch. Next thing you look up, 800 yards, five touchdowns. If he could be option number three, I think he'll be fine if he's healthy. If he's not healthy, then we're looking at a Michael Gallup from last year. But Brandon Cooks is going to help in, in that capacity. And not just from a physical standpoint in, in regards to on the field, but here's his quote on, on Brandon Cooks being that veteran presence. We always talk about the veteran presence. I hammer that home a lot here because it matters. We saw what, what Cooper was able to, to do for these young guys. We saw what T.Y. in a short period was able to do for uh, uh, for C.D. Lamb. And now here's Michael Gallup talking about Brandon Cooks. He said, quote, oh, man, Brandon Cooks. I'm talking about a 10-year vet that has six seasons over 1,000 yards. He's just bringing knowledge to the whole group, and we love him in there. I ain't going to lie to you. He's been in there every day working, just trying to win. That's all he wants to do is just win. And he wants to do it as a group. He's a great addition. That's all he keeps preaching. Um, he talks about, apparently he talks about getting your body right, by the way. He talks uh, to everybody. When you are done with this, you're done with that. Make sure you stretch. Make sure you do what you're supposed to do so you can stay in the league as long as you possibly can. That's one of the biggest things right now. Football. That's going to be there. We got in the league for a reason, but he's over there talking about how you can stay in the league. That's the knowledge he's bringing. I will forever hold veteran, quality veteran guys at a high at a high standard. I will forever do it because I know how much they mean. I've talked to many people that, that talked about how much they mean in those locker rooms. And, and getting Brandon Cooks in here is not only going to be good for uh, C.D. Lamb having a running mate, but the Michael Gallup to the world, the Luke Schoolmakers, the Jake Ferguson's, uh, even the running backs. He's going to help open up things on the field. But when you hear him being that leader of, hey, man, look, you're here, but let's let's do what it takes to keep you here. It's big. It's big. Love to hear it, man. And, and I think he's going to help all these guys. But Michael Gallup says he's getting his confidence back. He's he's in there smiling. He's feeling good. And that's good to hear, man. Honestly, seriously, because you can see it. You could see it last year in, in his in his game, in his demeanor. He just clearly was not healthy from a mental standpoint. But we were figuring, is he even healthy physically? Coming out of his breaks was choppy. He just he didn't look as confident. And once again, I, I literally had the 2020. Let me see if I still got it. I had the 2020 uh, highlights ready to go. Um from 2020 and you can see the difference or 2021 you can see the difference in just the receptions that he had that year compared to last year just just flat out the highlights not even just the tape just with all 22 highlights of 2021 and 2022 he he just wasn't there he wasn't the same guy 
Uh, it was easy to tell, and, and you just hope he gets that confidence back because the Cowboys are going to need him. You know, we're going to need all the horses that we can get heading into the season. Now, Michael Gallup was not a day three pick. He missed that by by one round. He was a third round pick. Good third round pick, by the way, but a third round pick. But day three picks are a huge part of the Cowboys team building because the way they approach the offseason, you, you need to hit on some of these guys. Now, sometimes you'll, you'll get an exception to, to the day three rule, in my opinion, which is more development. The, the development is a little bit more rigorous because these guys don't normally come in and they're day one starters or day one role players. They kind of got to work their way into to developing that name. But you got exceptions. You got Deron Bland exceptions. You got uh, Dak Prescott exceptions and, and so on. But for the most part, some of these guys take time. It might be a year. It might be two years. Uh, it might be year three, year four. We saw Dorrance Armstrong, you know, Dalton Schultz. These guys didn't really make their names until year three, year four. But nonetheless, day three been pretty good to die. Under Will McClay, day three, for the most part, has been pretty good to the Cowboys. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a, we're going to go back, way back, back in time. We're going to go back, man. And take a look at some of these day three picks between 2014 and 2022. I want to talk about them with you. And this is all under Will McClay. This is why I have from 2014 to 2022. The only guy that's really not on here uh, is Israel McQuamble. But we'll get to 2021. 2014, the Cowboys took Anthony Hitchens. I actually vividly remember when we took Anthony Hitchens. There was an uproar. Like, man, this is a seventh round type of guy. I can't believe we took him in the fourth round. Man, was Anthony Hitchens a major part of the defense when Sean Lee went out. A lot of us got concerned a lot when Sean Lee went down because the Cowboys really didn't have anybody that we thought could come in and fill in for him. Hitch did a wonderful job. I, I thought he did so good. Matter of fact, he got paid in Kansas City, ended up winning the Super Bowl. But Anthony Hitchens, I think, is a successful day three draft pick for the Cowboys. Uh, one of their most successful ones, if being honest. In 2015, they took Damian Wilson and Jeff Swain. Now, these aren't household names. These guys didn't go on to be pro bowlers or anything like that. However, Damian Wilson also has a Super Bowl. Damian Wilson was a four-year special teams guy. He played some significant snaps defensively. He stuck around. When you're a day three guy, you stay on the roster for four years. That is no small feat. Same with Jeff Swain. Swain didn't, he won't wow you. Go look at his numbers. He's not going to wow you. But Jeff Swain was always a tight end two, tight end three, and even got a year where he was able to do a little bit of tight end one things. Yeah, it was that unfortunate 2018 year. A lot of people forget. We talk about wide receiver by committee, but they also went tight end by committee. They went I hate to even use the word tight end by committee. They want baby tight end by committee. These dudes didn't have any experience and they, they rolled with them and it didn't work out that year. And then in 2016, that was their probably their their best day three hit. I mean, some guy, I don't know, some guy named Dak Prescott. He's some, some franchise quarterback. I, I don't know, man. Just happened to get him in the, in the fourth round on day three. 
I mean, he's probably going to go down as one of the best day three picks, you know, of the last 15 to 20 years. So you get Dak Prescott in round three. Then you get Anthony Brown, who came in year one and got significant time. You could throw Anthony Brown in there as a guy who can be an exception to the rule of day three rules, along with the Dak Prescott's and Deron Bland's of the world. He got a chance to, to play, and he played pretty well in year one and stuck around for, what, seven seasons in Dallas? Something like that. So A.B., I think, is a successful day three hit as well. Uh, Kayvon Frazier was a special teams guy. Didn't play a whole lot defensively. But again, he played, I believe, most of his contract, if not all of it, uh, in Dallas. And he's done with football as we speak. But but Frazier was, he was a hard-hitting safety we kind of wanted to see more from. But he just never really got it. However, he stuck around. I wouldn't call him a failure uh, as a six-round pick. Xavier Woods, Mr. 75%. Here's the thing about Xavier Woods, man. His way out really soured the success he had in Dallas. For a six-round pick, Xavier Woods was actually a success. But you you can't go out there. And I don't care if if I don't care if you say, well, he wasn't lying, Scott. I don't care, man. You don't go out there and say, oh, yeah, you know. We don't go 100% every play. I don't go hard every play. I can't. Just, ah, man, you don't do that, man. You just can't do that. But Xavier Woods, for what he was as a six-round pick, was a success, man. That was a success. Same year, Noah Brown got taken in the seventh round, and he just kept staying on this. I have to call Noah Brown a success, y'all, because he, he kept staying on the roster. Yeah, he didn't have no crazy year. He finally had a, a, a breakout season in 2017, right? He had that breakout year and got a chance to go get paid in Houston. And we'll see what happens as a wide receiver, two or three, whatever he's going to be down there. But he, he ended up being a staple as a special teams guy, right? He ended up getting some tick his final season in Dallas as a wide receiver. And prior to that, he had a role. We didn't like the role, but he had a role. So, I would consider Noah Brown a, a seventh round day three success. I just would. Then the 2018 draft came around and this might've been there. See Dak Prescott throws this off because Dak is a franchise quarterback. The value there trumps everything. So aside from 2016 with Dak Prescott, 2018 might've been, you know, the, the best day three for them so far. Cause another year might have something to say about it, but 2018 you got Dorrance Armstrong, who was one of those guys that took some development. It, it was it was year three where, where Dorrance, year four, actually, where Dorrance finally, you know, broke out of his shell. In fact, it got him paid. So Dorrance Armstrong took a lot, a lot of time, but he stuck around with them. And I consider him a day three success. Dalton Schultz, absolutely a day three success. I mean, we can we can poo-poo Dalton Schultz now that he ain't here, but you know, when you get picked in the in the fourth round. And you develop into a tight end that had the success he had over the last three years. I, I, I would say that that's a successful day three pick for Dalton Schultz. Sam Wilson. One of my favorite day three picks, man. Just did everything for Dallas. He, he wasn't a phenomenal returner, but he was a, a returner that, you know, you could count on. He was a returner that you could trust back there. Sure-handed guy. Could do a lot of things for you in the slot. He could do some things for you outside. I think Sed Wilson is a success. 2019. Come on, man. Tony Pollard. Donovan Wilson. 
that year you could argue is right there with 2018 in regard to day three guys. Dino just got the bag. TP's a he got tagged. We know how good he is. We can't complain about that. Absolute success rates. 2020. When I went and did some digging here on Tyler Biotish, I came away even more impressed that he hit. Let me tell you why. And this is a hit, by the way, y'all. You know, he's a Pro Bowler, right? Pro Bowl Tyler Biotish. I went and looked. The last time the Cowboys selected a day three offensive lineman, not center, not guard, not tackle, offensive lineman, was David Arkin. Y'all remember David Arkin? 2011? So for Tyler Biotis to, to hit the way he's hit, or hitting, because he's still here and he's still playing well, I think is an, an immense success. And he's obviously uh, a, a day three hit here. So Tyler Biotis, not Bill Nagy. David Arkin. Jake Ferguson, Deron Bland, Damone Clark are still, you could maybe put question marks around those guys, but Jake Ferguson showed you in a limited time he got that he, he was productive. Deron Bland, I mean, I think the kid's going to be a superstar. Led the team with five interceptions. And then Damone Clark, who played or, or started about eight games or so last year, going to be a starter next to LVE. Those are your 2022 day three picks. Still a lot to, to discuss about those guys, but I think... They are, are on their way to being successes for the Cowboys. So day three, man, has, has been good to the Cowboys. There are a lot of players that they missed on, but every team is going to miss on day three guys. But Dallas needed these guys to improve their roster because the way they approached the offseason over the last decade, they're not a team that's going to go out and spend a bunch of money in free agency. Not a team up until that, this past offseason. Not a team that's going to trade for a bunch of guys. So that part of the draft, and if day three Danny's in here, he'll attest to it, right? That part of the draft is so damn important. It's so important for the Cowboys to find some hits, and they usually do. So with that said, we're going to continue to talk about day three with our guy, Patrick Nosey Walker, Cowboys Nation. So take a sip of your water, your coffee, whatever you got, and get ready for the scientific method. But Pat No C and your boy Skywalker still give us about two seconds and we got you. It's only right, Pat. Every single time. What's good, my brother? How you feeling, man? I'm all I'm just about to say. I'm I was just okay. about to say, you, 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 the Braves <laughs> then came down to Texas and, and, and you know, did they thing. And I can't yeah. even celebrate, man. I don't want to feel like a phony, man. But I'll let you do the celebrate. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to, you know, take a victory, a victory lap or make a victory parade out of it. No, um, please do. I mean, no, no, I won't. Because, uh, number one, it's nothing but love for the Rangers uh, and that organization. I True. mean, obviously, I'm here in Dallas, so I don't get to see a lot of live Braves baseball. So my supplement for that is seeing a lot of live Rangers baseball. So I go to a lot of uh, Rangers games and, you know, I root for the Rangers. I'm cheering them on. To be clear, I only have one team. I'm not a two-team guy. We don't do that here. No, we, we do, do not that do that here. here. Um, but the Rangers and the Braves as organizations, they have kind of a bromance thing going on, front office-wise, farm systems, trades, things like that. So, you know, I, I love nothing more than to see the Rangers get back to their winning ways. Um, obviously, you look at the, the Ron Washington connection. I mean, there's a lot of, mutual uh love and, and 
you know, six degrees of separation or less between these two clubs. So uh, wish them nothing but the best. And I'll be in the building, you know, when they go up against the next, the next op. But I need them to take these L's this week because, you know, home team is the home team. But shouts out to the Rangers, man. Shouts that was a to damn good series, man. Hope to see y'all in October. So the Rangers to you are like the Mavs to me. I've adopted them in a sense. I don't have two teams, but I'm here in Dallas now. You know, I, I hope they do well. I would like to go see playoff games and things like that. Yeah. But it's Lakers for life. I'm just saying. Dog. Well, it's just, <laughs> listen, nothing nothing substitutes the experience of live sports. Yeah. And if you're no longer in, you know, your home market, me being from Georgia, for those that don't know, if you're no longer in your home market, um, as long as the city you're in isn't a rival, then oh, you know yeah. you got to do what you got to do. So yeah. uh, no reason for any Braves fan to have any kind of animosity towards the Rangers and vice versa. I mean, we go hard at each other for three days in these series, which without the new schedule, I mean, prior to this new schedule algorithm, it was like once every three or four years. So we rarely even saw each other. Um, so, I mean, it's just all in good fun. It's all love. Rangers fans, I see you. I love you. Welcome back to Corey Seager. Glad we, uh, you know, held you to just an RBI and an offer. Um, but hope you get back to your, your winning ways. And I know, I know they will. I mean, that's a dominant lineup. Their bullpen is just struggling. That's all. So uh, they'll find it. They'll figure it out. Um, just like we'll continue to roll and figure out our bullpen. And I, I feel like these two teams will meet in it again in October. Well, let's, let's keep the fun going here on yeah. the scientific method, Pat. Uh, we're talking about day three guys. And I, I look back at the history. Well, one, one woman, one woman, Uh-oh. Oscar, um, we don't do that road ties. No, 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 no. Go dogs. Okay. Yeah, he's I a saw dog that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw road. T- Y'all, hold on. When I say dog, maybe, maybe I'm using the word fan lightly here. He's a dog fanatic. Fanatic, alone, <laughs> born and oh, bred. Let's go. Okay. So don't, don't do that, Oscar. Don't do that. Cowboy. Yeah, don't do that, Oscar. Don't do it. Don't so, do it. so Cowboys day three guys. We're talking about you know the success rates that they they've been having over the last decade or so with um, Will McClay, and it made me think. You know, let's talk about these day three guys the Cowboys have now, and if mm. they have a chance to join the ranks of some of these other successful hits. Uh, for the Cowboys. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to start backwards with Jalen Brooks. Very similar, eerily similar to to how Noah Brown got here. Seventh round pick with minimal college production. Is he a potential Noah Brown replacement? I think so. Um, And I want to objectify it by, I should say qualify it by saying, uh, we're talking about a flyer pick. So yep. let's keep our expectations right where they need to be. I mean, this is, you know, the final pick in the Cowboys draft. And uh, if he's in the building, if anybody's in the building, there's an opportunity for them to make an impact. So let's be clear on that. So so that being said, does Jalen Brooks have a, a chance to come in and make some kind of waves in, in mini camp and training camp and over the course of the preseason, maybe carve himself out a spot on the final 53? The answer is yes. And it's going to be yes for any player that's on this 90-man roster right now. That's just the reality of it still. Um, now, what are the odds? The odds are working against him, but what's working in his favor is his ceiling. He's a bit raw. He does need some polishing, some refinement, which explains why he's a late-round pick in the first place. But if you go back and you look at his film, you know, he, he's a lengthy wide receiver. He has a very large catch radius. He can be aggressive at the point of attack. Uh, and what I like from him, and I like that you kind of compared him 
at least right now, to what you saw in Noah Brown. Noah Brown was willing to do the dirty work. He was willing yeah. to do all the trench work and get down there in the gutter and in the mud and, and just whatever the Cowboys need. He was with, willing to put both hands into it and lean into that. And that's what I think, you know, uh, Jalen can be as well. This Jalen, not the other Jalen. We'll talk about that another day. Uh, I do believe Tobert will make some progress, but that's not what we're talking about right now. Real quick, um, before, we, before we move on to the next one, can you can you explain the relationship that – that Jalen Brooks and Daniel Jones have because I keep hearing about it, but I haven't dove deep into it. Apparently, you know, he's a big reason why he's here or something. Well, it, it's it's not really deep. I mean, it's okay. nothing that you'd find on like ancient aliens or anything as far <laughs> as far as like this weird conspiracy theory. I mean, they have some history, um, and, and obviously it's positive history, a little bit of a personal relationship. They were uh teammates at one point over the course of their upcoming um football careers gotcha. uh, as youngsters and it's just more so Daniel Jones is the quarterback of the New York Giants. Jalen Brooks is coming into the Dallas Cowboys situation. So it's people, you know, looking for dots, dots to draw lines between. Okay. Uh, but I promise it's it's not this whole headline thing that, that anyone should really be, you know, giving too much energy to. They know each other. Uh, it's friendly, obviously. One plays for the Giants, uh, and he just got a new deal. Um, you know, one of the highest paid quarterbacks in NFL history. But the other is trying to survive training camp. So – those two things are not exactly on the same level. I'm glad you did because because I saw a couple articles I didn't really click on. I'm like Daniel Jones, Jalen Brooks. This doesn't make any sense. But yeah, it's just it's off season talk. It's, gotcha. You know, and, yeah. and it's Cowboys. So if you put yeah, there you go. Daniel you Jones, go. Cowboys wide receiver, you get some clicks. Uh, Eric Scott Jr. the the team celebrated like bro, they won the World mm-hmm. Game Series mm-hmm. when they took mm-hmm. Eric Scott Jr. Mm-hmm. So I can't just look at this and be like, oh, you know, Eric Scott Jr. special teams guy. We'll leave it at that. Can he or how does he join the ranks of Israel Mukwamu, uh, Deron Bland, day three DBs that that are pretty damn good for the Cowboys right now? You know what? Eric Scott to me, and I say the um, the steal of the draft is obviously going to be your Deuce Vaughn. Um, and, and, you know, just odds are he's the odds on favorite to be the, the steal of this particular draft, not just day three, but overall for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but I've named the sleeper. In this draft, the biggest sleeper mm. has got to be Eric Scott Jr. Uh, you go back and look at Eric Scott Jr.'s film, and yes, polish is needed. Again, we're talking about late round picks. We're talking about what people would typically designate as flyer picks, sixth round, seventh rounders. Um, so they need some work. But his his intangibles and the tangibles that he has already put on film, I'm very impressed. And I know the the Google machine lied to a lot of people because as soon as the pick was named, everybody's like, well, why the Cowboys trade up? Why they give away a fifth round pick in 2024 to move up to 178 for a, a cornerback that runs a 472? Okay, well, they didn't know the context. The context being that he jumped almost 40 inches on the vertical, kind of tweaked his quad on that, and then opted to still run the 40. Now, I'm not, I don't know about you, Will. I don't know, but let me tell you about me. And I'm, and I'm I, not only a former athlete, I still play ball. Yes, you do. If yeah. I tweak my quad right now, I'll have a hard time running to the mailbox, let alone running a 40-yard <laughs> dash. He ran a 40-yard dash on a tweak quad and still ran a 4-7. Think of it in that context, and you'll yeah. get an idea of how fast he actually is. He is um, documented as running sub 4-3-5, uh, and that's something that was confirmed by the Cowboys, who did a lot of due diligence on him. But now you're talking about a sub, let's say a sub 4-4 guy, 
speed, has length, um, gritty, grimy, plays violent. Um, look at the two pick sixes that he had in 2022. He can take the ball away, loves taking the ball away. He joins the Cowboys defense that loves taking the ball away. I think Eric Scott has uh, a nice – he has a better end or easier end than a Jalen Brooks, for example, because with Jalen Brooks, look at what uh, the trade of Brandon Cooks yeah. and how he comes to the table with CeeDee Lamb and, and Gallup, and then you want to uh, – Jalen Tolbert, we mentioned him. They're going to try to get him – um, some some reps as well. Maybe Kevontae Turpin gets some reps out of the slot as wide receiver. But I say all that to say the wide receiver room is – and then when you factor in the tight ends because they're schoolmaker, Ferguson, Hendershot, those are receiving tight ends. They can block Ferguson and most certainly schoolmaker, but they're going to be getting targets as well. So by the time you get to wide receiver five, uh, targets are going to be kind yeah. of difficult to come by. So that's the – the crux of what Jalen Brooks is up against. But if you look at Eric Scott, um, yes, you're you're all set with Gilmore, Diggs, Bland, and Jordan Lewis coming off of injury. But that's four guys. Jordan Lewis is – they're going to have to revisit his situation um, probably as soon as next offseason as far as his contract is concerned. And now you're talking about Gilmore going into – he's not on a long-term deal either. So yeah. really the only long-term solutions you have right now atop your cornerback room is Trayvon Diggs and – deal pending right you know contract extension mm -hmm. pending you still got contract talks with him but even when you throw that in that goes to my overarching point which is uh looking forward to 2024 i think this is a situation where eric scott comes in and he impresses at least impresses enough to make the cowboys say you know what we're not willing to let this guy go that's why we traded up for him he might be an answer to one of the top three spots in 2024 and beyond and i think that's when you really start to see the value and what you might have in eric scott yeah, the path is a lot clearer, I think, yeah. for, for Eric Scott than, than it is for a Jalen Brooks. And the same could be said for Awesome. Now, now you called Eric Scott, you're a sleeper. Mm -hmm. But I feel like Awesome Richards might be the most important mm -hmm. day three pick. Uh, yep. So you have like a sleeper in Eric Scott. You believe the best value uh, steal or what have you would be Deuce Vaughn. I think Awesome is the, is the most important given the situation with the offensive line, the long-term situation with the offensive line. But Listen to this history, Pat. This was interesting when I, when I to want to take a look, man. Since 2000, 2000, I had to go all the way back. The Cowboys have only hit on two day three offensive linemen. Mm. Doug Free, no seven, and Tyler Biotish in 2020. That is a tough history <laughs> is, to overcome. How tough. does he overcome it, Pat? He overcomes it by doing what he did at North Carolina, which is keep the quarterback clean, keep Dak Prescott clean. I, I saw when I was digging into his stats, I, I saw where he allowed only what one or two sacks per 1000 reps. Um, and I think if he brings that over to the table and transitions that, that's a huge, huge benefit for him. And that's what's going to help him potentially be successful for the Cowboys. But uh, it's also going to go to how quickly he can acclimate to being slid and because going into training camp and I asked Mike McCarthy about it, um, you know, and to put it plainly, and I also asked Will McClain and Stephen Jones about it, to put it plainly, this is not going to be a situation like you saw with Tyler Smith last offseason, last summer, where, you know, they hadn't exactly gotten the message quite yet that Tyron Smith isn't going to play a full season. Yeah. Um, so they went into it with the assumption that he would, and that caused them to move Tyler Smith down to left guard for the entirety of training camp. And then what happens, Big 7-7 goes down in August, and now you got to pop Tyler back out 
to left tackle. Uh, this is a situation where in speaking with Mike, Will, and Steven, uh, you're going to see um, Awesome Richards get reps at both left guard and uh, tackle Good. in training camp. He's going to get those uh, reps split between the two so that there's not a, a situation where he might be put in uh, not, he's not going to be put in a situation like Tyler Smith was put yes. in last year and good for Tyler Smith being able um, to immediately make an impact despite being up against that eight ball like that. But there's no guarantee if you put awesome in that same uh, equation that he would be. So they're just not going to put him in that equation. So, but he's going to be paramount Tyler Beattis, you mentioned mm -hmm. earlier uh, coming off of a pro bowl season. So yes, he is a hit. Uh, Doug free was a hit. We know holding penalties. I get it for those oh, that might, might've forgotten still Doug free. You saw what happened to fall off at the position um, when he was out or when he retired. And then they had to refigure that out with Lyle Collins, moving him out to right tackle. And then of course ended up with Terrence Steele, an undrafted guy, huge hit for the Cowboys there, but awesome. He's going to have to step in and, and really do the job because Beatish, He's going into a contract year. All these contract years are coming up. So not only are you trying to figure out the interior, um, well, I should say the left guard slash center position because Zach is Zach, um, but you're not just trying to figure it out for now. You're trying to figure it out for later. So that makes Awesome Richards' selection that much more crucial yeah. as far as it needing to hit because they didn't address O-line before day three. They finally do. That puts the onus on him to – come in and, and make an impact but when you add the additional variables of Yaddish going into a contract year uh even Zach Martin we would love to believe he's going to be here forever but he's just not so right um, but I think awesome he most certainly has the tools I think the nugget you just dropped where you spoke with Will McClain those guys that he's going to get some tackle and guard reps is so important because Tyler B Tyler Smith I'm sorry did not get a chance to do that for whatever reason they were working him. It felt like exclusively. I mean, you were down there. Every time I looked yeah. over, it felt like he was exclusively left guard. And in my mind, I'm like, hey, man, this uh, Josh Ball don't look like he's a left tackle to me. Hey, man, what, Matt Walesco is not out there. Who is going to play left tackle if yada yada goes down? And what happens? He goes down. So, so that is, you, that's important. That, that was your fault? You jinxed it? That, I mean, uh, that's how that's how the fans uh, do it, you know. I guess Scott you. I said, "Oh, look, I I'm just you. going off history." Fans. But see, they're, they're I'm also, just using science, Pat. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah, science. The the problem that I have with um, leaning on a guy like Josh Ball is I've not seen it. Right. Whatever right. it might be, and we know what it is, but that particular it that would make you optimistic that he could be the answer uh, at the edge, we didn't see it, and now. Uh, because they've seen that he's not the answer at the edge, they say, "Hey, well, let's let's give him a tryout uh, on the interior." Well, I don't see the footwork that would do so because, as you know, in studying film for so many years and and looking at the science of the position of the offensive line positions as a whole, things business picks up on the interior when you come in from the from the edge. And not only does business pick up as far as the the rate of speed that the game is played at, but you also have to be stronger. And I just I don't see these certain traits in Josh Ball. That's why I don't view Josh Ball as a viable option. Now, when you start talking about a guy like Matt Farniok, I do see Matt Farniok as a viable option, particularly uh, as possibly the successor to Tyler Biadish at center if Biadish and the Cowboys don't get a deal done. But I like the potential on Matt Farniok, uh, and I love the potential on Matt. Well, let's go. If not for that subluxation of his shoulder last season uh, in training camp specifically, I think that he could come in and be the definitive swing tackle. 
Uh, but his absence is what led to Jason Peters coming in. And it worked out fortuitously for the Cowboys because Jason Peters came in and did a fantastic job. Hell, he was the hero of at least one game. Talk yeah. about Houston, Texas, 98-yard drive. Um, so well, let's go as far as the offensive line is concerned. He's going to be a viable option. Matt Farniak's a viable option along with now Awesome Richards. Um, but you lose uh, an option in Isaac Alicone, who's now moved to the, the defensive side of the ball. Um, and I just when it comes to Josh Ball, I just I don't see it. And this is not hindsight. Um, the receipts are there. I was very low on Josh Ball uh, pre-draft. I did not necessarily like the pick whatsoever, but he's in the building. And as I said at the top of the uh, segment, if you're in the building, you got a chance to uh, prove yourself right and prove everybody wrong. And I, I sincerely hope Josh Ball does that. I just can't objectively sit here and say I see it right now. You brought up real quick, you brought up Farniak, and, and I just wasn't a fan of his left guard play, but I am interested now to see what he could be as potentially a full-time backup center because yeah. we don't have a we don't have a center. He's probably your back exactly. backup center. He's probably your backup center right now, and maybe he could potentially be the guy moving forward until they figure out the position. So that just kind of got in my head because I've been I've been on Matt Forniak's bad side at guard, but I didn't think about <laughs> the center. Seriously. Yeah, and, and keep in mm -hmm. mind, um coming out of college, I mean he obviously played a, a good bit of guard, but his base position center. is center. So, you know, that's that's going to be his bread and butter, I think, for the Cowboys, because if the Cowboys felt like he would, you know, had enough to immediately be the answer at left guard, you probably don't see awesome Richards in the building right now. Um, they probably don't even value or I should say put um, the value they put on drafting an offensive lineman going into this draft that they uh, would have if they felt Farniak was going to be a better option at left guard. I think they're looking at him and saying, hey, you know what? We see that you have the tools, and I agree he does have the tools, but I'm looking at him more so as insurance against the loss, potential loss of Tyler Beattis in 2024. That makes sense. They didn't take a center at all, and they got a bunch of guys that could play guard. Uh, so that makes a ton of sense. Uh, with tea leaves. <laughs> uh, the next one, Viliami Fehoko. I, I, I really don't know what to make of him in regards to you know his long-term outlook, but every time you watch him, Violent. He, I just sit here and say, oh, I can't wait for the pads to come on. I can't wait for the pads to come on because he plays with a tenacity and a motor uh, that you just don't see from down in, down out uh, in college. But where, how does he push for some time in 2021 or is this a, or 2023 or is this a guy that we have to wait maybe next year to really get his shot here? It's a loaded D-line room. I think that for, for Hoko, um, not entirely dissimilar from the Jalen Brooks situation, positionally speaking. Um, the Cowboys are just loaded, like you said, at at pass rusher, period. Because yeah. if you throw Mike in as a pass rusher, you know, conversations, is he a DE? Is he a linebacker? Ask him. He's a DE. Ask the stats. He's a DE. Ask Dan Quinn. He's still a linebacker that happens to rush the pass. Um, we'll, we'll see what that contract says <laughs> when it comes <laughs> around, because those are two different positions to yep. pay. Um, but as far as the pass rush is concerned, talk Micah, Demarcus Lawrence, um, Durrance Armstrong. Sam Williams is ready to, to break out, I believe. Dante Fowler is back on a new deal. Um, and we're talking strictly about the edge, so the list goes on and on. And now you come inside on the interior, who do you got? Obviously, Jonathan Hankins, but look at him more so as the run stopper. Mozzie Smith, first-round pick of this, uh, this particular draft. The more you talk to Will McClay and Stephen Jones and Mozzie Smith himself, you start to realize, like, yeah, he's going to come in and be your definitive run stopper um alongside Jonathan Hankins and of course you know the successor of the position but you're going to see him rushing the edge as well probably before the end 
of the 2023 season. So the list goes on and on. So then you start looking at uh, Villiami, which, you know, everybody calls him Junior Fajoko. And you start wondering, okay, where does he fit in? Well, number one, I call him Cersei Lannister. And the reason I call him that is because every day he wakes up and he chooses violence on the football field. Couldn't be a, a, a better guy to be around That's off wild. the field. Tooth, I mean, ear-to-ear -ear grin, bubbly. But when he's between those lines, he's just an absolute animal. Go look at his film. As soon as the ball is snapped every single time, all he sees is red. All he sees is red. Plays hard, plays through the whistle. Um, great with his hands. Still needs some work. I see him as the Cowboys potentially. I, he's going, he might cost a veteran their Ooh. job. I just don't know what veteran that would be. Um I hesitate to say it would be like a Dante Fowler because I, I feel like Fowler brings too much value and he's only he's on a one-year deal, so he doesn't cost a lot. Um, but he he Junior Fajoko has the opportunity to potentially cost somebody a job. Yeah, that's Ga unexpected because Guys I don't know like, that you could stash him on the practice squad. No, 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 no. He has to make this team as, yeah. fourth, round, as a fourth round yeah, pick. They're not, to, we're exactly. not cutting him. So it's, he's gonna cost somebody their job, and uh, and not simply because, and I, I kind of I didn't want to say it that way because yeah. I don't want people to say, okay, well, the only reason he, you know, beat out player X, whomever that player might be in July and August is because he's the fourth round pick. I don't want them trying to Jalen Tolbert, the kid, yeah. because he genuinely has the talent. So I feel like based on the talent and the upside alone and the tools alone, Dan Quinn's going to get this, this kid in camp. He's going to be like, Hey, I'm just not willing to risk him the waivers period. So that's mm -hmm. going to cost somebody a gig. Yeah, they might have to go long at that position short somewhere else. They probably will. Well, Dan Quinn yeah. wants he gets. He's the type of guy, Pat, that I call, you know. I Wait, say somebody said bye-bye, DA. Relax. No, nah, that's not happening. Pay, just pay that's closer what, attention to what Durance is doing out there. No, nah, DA not going to yeah, trade him nah. for a quality pick, but that's about yeah. it. You're not cutting And Durant. he's a front office favorite on top of the fact he's coming off of a career season. So, no, that uh, rock chalk is, is staying put um, yeah. in 2023, I predict anyway. Yeah, it'll it'll have to be it'll be somebody down roster guy. I, I don't exactly, think exactly right. my point. They have ninety guys to get rid of, and yeah. it might not be uh, when I say player X, it might not be someone on the defensive line at all. It, it might be uh, you know a young safety or something like that. Right. Maybe, uh, and I don't want to throw any guys' names out there because I don't want to put bad juju on. Them, but it, it could be a young <laughs> safety that gets put back down to the practice squad, or you know, a, a young cornerback that's still in development gets put back down to the practice squad, something like that. So. Um, doesn't necessarily mean my prediction that Fajoko makes the team doesn't necessarily mean that he'll cost Dante Fowler his job or Doran Armstrong his job, but he'll cost somebody their job. Yeah, I, I consider him a guy that, that he's going to piss people off. I mean, he's going to piss the guys off he's playing against and he's going to piss the competition in the room off because they're going to be like, man, this young man is going hard. I got to step my game up. So right. that's the type of guy. Now, let's get to our final guy on our day three pick. And I had to save this one for last. I just think the best for last here, man. And that's Deuce Vaughn. Um, and we I, we called awesome potentially the most important one. Eric Scott, you have as the sleeper, and you you label Deuce Vaughn as the steal. I just feel like brother, he is fast tracked to put his name in those day three hits fairly easily, most likely due to the position, uh, but also due to the room. And let's not mistake it, it's mistaken. The kid can play. So yep. you know, how you feeling about Deuce Vaughn in three years from now? Could he be the headliner of the day three class? Yes, absolutely. You mentioned it uh, perfectly when you said looking at the room as well. We talk about the positional challenges as far as the number of bodies in the room and the names that are in the room. When you talk about wide receiver, defensive line, but then you look at running back with the release of Ezekiel Elliott, 
that even with the signing of Ronald Jones, the path is cleared for um, Deuce Vaughn to step in and be a, a tandem player, a compliment player to Tony Pollard. Uh, and yes, Tony Pollard still on the franchise tag right now. Um, he's confident the deal is going to get done. Cowboys are confident the deal is going to get done. Realistically speaking, though, until it's done, it's not done. So if Tony Pollard is here for the long term, which I predict he will be, you have a, a dynamic long term compliment to Tony Pollard and Deuce Vaughn. If for whatever reason things go awry with Tony Pollard, uh, I don't think Deuce Vaughn is the feature back as far as your 1A, but he still gives you an opportunity to have that nice security blanket in the event that you need to go out and get that that stronger um, type of bell cow guy, that one or two down guy that Zeke was, that Ronald Jones is stepping in to be. And, or maybe you just re-sign Ronald Jones and revisit the position in the draft yet, next year if you can't get something done with Tony Pollard. But however you slice it, Deuce Vaughn is in a fantastic position as far as that room yes. is concerned. And then you add what he brings to that room, even with and Tony Pollard, I'm not even going to say Tony Pollard notwithstanding, inclusive of Tony Pollard. Yes. You don't see the, the type of quickness and explosiveness, even in Pollard, which is saying a lot because Pollard is the most explosive player on the Cowboys prior to the arrival of Deuce Vaughn. Tony has the stripes. Deuce has to get his stripes. So let's be clear there. But as far as just speaking raw talent, raw, you know, um, uh, measurables, just Deuce is quicker. Deuce is faster. Tony is bigger. Um, Tony is more experienced, so those things work in, in each other's favor. But Deuce, you put the ball in his hands, people try to use his size against him. His size is what make what helps make yeah. him so dynamic. You, you realize how difficult it is to tackle this kid? You, you can have a beeline right to him, and you're probably still going to miss even if you make perfect contact because you're sliding right off of him. It's I can't remember the tweet I put out there while I was watching this film after the draft, but it's like trying to tackle – a dolphin dipped in yeah, oil, uh, like vegetable oil <laughs> with a turbo pack strapped to his back. Like the, the kid is just, he's just ridiculous. He can catch it out of the backfield. Yep. He can line up in the slot. He's destructive, just lethal in space, but quiet as it's kept, he can run up the A and the B gaps as well. He's as tough as he is small. Deuce Vaughn has all the tools to, to make himself a great player for the Cowboys. And he's coming into a position where, um, he has the door wide open for him to do exactly that. So not only is it a fantastic storyline with his with his dad, Chris, being in the building, um, but that aside, as, as fantastic as that is, that's not why he's here. He's here because he can really do some damage for the Cowboys, and I do see Darren Sproles 2.0, oh, yeah. and, and that should um, make Cowboys fans feel great because for those that were around when Darren Sproles was torturing the Cowboys, uh, turnabout is, is fair play. Ain't it? <laughs> they need that. You'd be hard pressed to find a a, a quicker back, right? A quicker yeah. back in this NFL draft, and he uses that quickness between the tackles. You talked about it. He's a tough guy that will run between the the, the tackles and A B gaps. He had the most rushes, yeah, in between the tackles of all running Talk backs in the draft at Talk five five. So this is the whole narrative a, of, oh, he's yeah. only a gadget back uh -huh. and he can only, you know, hit the outside. He can hit the outside and he can give you some gadget plays, but he's much more than that. He can take the ball and, and get in between those A and B gaps. And it's not because he's not successful in those A gaps because he's this big bruiser who's beating up on guys. He's successful because, you know, the, the six foot five 
320-pound nose tackle can't find him (laughs) when he gets into the A-gap. So by the time he tries to find him, he's already at the second level when he's making the linebacker miss. And now he's at the third level and possibly taking it home. So Deuce Vaughn, I look forward to to seeing him play um, in a Cowboys uniform. And uh, he has work to do. He has to earn the star just like everybody else, every other rookie. They have to earn the star. Um, But I think when it's all said and done, Deuce will end up being the steal of this draft. It's like trying to capture a rabbit behind a bunch of bears. Yeah. Where, yeah. Where's he at? Where's, where's he, at? he at? And then you think Can't you got a, a line to him. He's quick. Him. He's just gone. He's out yeah. here. Fantastic stuff, man. Appreciate you. As always, my oh, guy, boys. Pat No C. Walker. And of course, you're bringing the what, man? I'm bringing the science. And, and when it comes to science, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't care about your feelings. <laughs> so with this episode, every single week, Every single Thursday, 9 o'clock, myself still giving you guys the science. Make sure your feelings log out of the chat. Hey, look, you brought something up. You said something about long-term Tony Pollard. We might have to revisit this next week. Uh, hey. We might have to revisit I think this it gets week. done. They think oh, it gets oh, done. Save it. Save it. They save think it gets save done, but save we will see. Because I want to get done. into this next week. Yeah, until I it's done. I want to get into this, man. It ain't done. All right, man. I'll let you get back to work. I know you got some things you got to hit up the star. Yeah, hit it out to HQ right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Provide us with all the good stuff, man. So that is Patrick Nosey Walker of DallasCowboys.com, my good brother, giving you the Science Cowboys Nation. Salute, good brother. All right, brother. See you next time. Yes, sir. Make sure y'all hit the like button, drop the fire emojis and all that good stuff for the scientific method. Second segment, second episode of the scientific method. I didn't mean to press that button. But if you do want to call into the show, you absolutely can call into the show. 351-999-3787 is the call-in line. i tell you something. If y'all could really see all the buttons I'm pressing and things I'm trying to do here to get this thing, make sure it's right. Nuts. But I love it, man. I absolutely love doing all this. Uh, appreciate Pat coming through. This will be, like he said, a weekly thing. And, and I'm just so excited for it, man. He's he's one of the best, if not the best, down there. And, and I know some of those guys watch this, but nobody, I don't think anybody works as hard and, and, and is as thorough and, and and puts out the quality that he he does, man. He's just that damn good. A lot of people down there do really damn good work, but but Pat does, he's phenomenal. So we're going to continue to drop the scientific method and uh, bring the heat, man, as much as we can. Yes, sir. So we are at about 9.30. Where's what we're going to do? Uh, where are the phone lines out here? Pass out here. Boom, boom. Let's see who we got on the line. All right. I'll leave the lines open for about five more minutes. And we'll get a few calls in and we will wrap up the show today. Good stuff. All right. Let's go ahead and hit the phone lines. We got my guy, L. Gene, coming through. Appreciate him coming through when he can. How you doing? Good, sir. I'm doing all right. How, how you doing today, uh, Scott? Man, look, anytime I get a chance to talk to Pat, talk Cowboys, it has to be a good day, man. Hey, man, Pat is awesome, man. It's one of the more intelligent people that you'll ever be around. Follow yes. him on Twitter. He's awesome on Twitter. Um, big uh, Braves fan. Uh, been following him for a long time, man, long, long time. Uh, I only I got a real quick question for you, man, and I know it's probably – one of these questions is probably going to cause some controversy. Dun, dun. Is, this a, is this a make or break year for Dak Prescott? In what case? For the Cowboys? 
not only just for the Cowboys, but and really Dak, for his career. Nah, if Dak Prescott, uh, if he hit the market, he gets it gets swooped up real fast and get paid. But uh, for the I, Cowboys, I, if they don't extend him, it is. We got to wait and see if they'll extend him. If they actually, yeah. I can't even say that because he's under contract next year. Right, and, and to me, I just really feel like uh, it's I, I didn't have, I don't have any, I don't have any doubts on uh, on Dak Prescott. I just feel like last year he was put in a position that well he, well, he took on too much. No, let's get back to the question though. Is it a make or break year? I think it's a pressure packed year. Like it's it's a it, but but see as a it's weird man as a cowboy quarterback. <laughs> It feels like every damn year is like that. You know, you get your little, right. when you come off of a great year, you have that little one year window where everybody's liking you. But if you don't do nothing after that, like get to the, to the Super Bowl or something, it's a pressure packed year. Uh, but he has I two mean, years left on his contract, man. It's, it's hard to say it's make or break, but, but it's damn sure pressure packed. To me, it was just weird because you got a guy that, you know, led his team to the uh, division around and, and, could have won or tied it up on the last play of the game two years in a row. And here we're talking about, we, we're questioning, is, is this the guy? You know what I'm saying? And I don't think any, any other Who's we? Any other <laughs> franchise. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say we, but, you know, it, it's you just one the, of those ones. It's like Uncle Phil, we. I, I, I get you, man. And you know what? <laughs> I, I, I really think. Okay, so let me ask you this question, Scott. Mm. Was Dak Prescott the reason he lost that division again? Oh, he's a big part of it, 100%. Big part of it. Okay, yeah. is is that something that you see is it something that he can correct or is this just who he is? He's a guy th- that Why is that even a question? That- you you think in San Francisco that's who he is? Huh? You're questioning if <laughs> what we saw in San Fran is who Dak Prescott is? No, no. What I'm questioning is is Dak Prescott in those type of games when he has to win or he has to step up because as you saw, there was after Tony Pollard went down, pretty much there was nothing. So that is yeah. when Dak Prescott got the pressure put on him. Okay. And I feel like when Dak pressure Dak Prescott gets that pressure put on him, mm-hmm. he presses. And I think yeah. that, that that's a big part of his game. You know what sure. I'm saying? Sure. kinda of hard to win when you said there was what now? When when Tony went down? It, it, was, it, was, it wasn't no, it was nobody but C.D. Lamb, and you're right. And, and you know I, what? I, 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 I get you. I'm I just, get you. I'm just, God, you said that. I, you, you said there was nothing, and that's 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 real. That's real hard to do, brother. You know, that's real hard hey, to do. And you know but. what? It, it's real hard to do. Mm-hmm. But I think here in Dallas, man, you you they oh they don't care. To, it's, <laughs> they don't, and it's it's gonna become a point in time, and yeah. I think it's gonna be this season. That Dak Prescott is going to have to, to, to it's going to be on him. It's going to be on him, and it's going to be. I don't think that's the, that is not a good way to go about it. If you're if you're if it's always going to be on Dak Prescott or any quarterback really, there's only maybe three of them. I would would like I'll put it all on him. That's not a way to 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 win. You're not going to win a championship putting it all on Dak Prescott. Not going to happen. And I think that's why you, I think that's why you saw them go out and get Stephon Gilmore, go out and get Brandon Cooks. Because they thought that last year. Oh, we can get it rid of Mark Cooper. We'll, we'll put it all on Dak Prescott. And that didn't work out. So you you got to, as Joe Burrow said, I don't care how good your quarterback is. Joe Burrow said this. You need to have the good players around him. And and I think the, they saw that this offseason. So it's, it's 100% pressure-packed season for him. Absolutely, absolutely. 
and 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 I like I said, I'm the biggest Dak supporter of them all. I, I really think he's going to get it done this year. I just think that you know how the Dallas media is, and you know how quick Dallas can turn against you. The, the, the Dallas media is the, is is least of his worries. The Dallas media, is, the, the Dallas media, honestly, is pretty pretty soft compared to the Dallas fans. <laughs> You know, right. so I, I really don't think he cares about the Dallas media. The, in fact, the media knows more about Dak Prescott from a intimate basis where, in regards to on the field, in the locker room, what he deals with. And, and they care more about that and the context than the fans do. It's the fans that, you know, if he doesn't get it done this year, you, you'll see the overwhelming onslaught of we hate Dak Prescott, get him out of here. Because it's already half the fan base there. If, if they lose in the playoffs right. again, It'll be more than half, bro. I can tell you that. Okay. And and, and this is my last question for you, Scott. Mm-hmm. And if Dak Prescott doesn't improve from last year, are you still sold on him? If he regresses? I mean, I'm going if, to. If, if, if you don't see, if, if the interceptions continue, and so if a, he it's so a, if last theme. year is not an anomaly and he throws another like 15, right. 16 interceptions, yeah, that that becomes right. a problem now. You know, right? That, that's a problem. That's what makes it a pressure season for him because he no, cannot, that's not what makes it a pressure season. That's not what makes it a pressure season. <laughs> what makes it a pressure season is he's a quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. What makes it a pressure season is he's a quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys and the team hasn't won a Super Bowl in thirty years. What makes it a pressure season is. They haven't even gotten to the NFC Championship game in 30 years, which means that includes his tenure. Interceptions didn't make it a pressure. Tony Romo threw a ton of interceptions. That, that wasn't the reason why it was pressure. It was pressure because we are expecting to be a place that we haven't been in 30 years. Now, let me ask you this. What if he, because everyone always does this. Well, what if he throws a bunch of this? What if he doesn't? What if, it's always the other side. What if he does? What if he does, you know, get better and, and goes back to throwing nine, 10 interceptions, 35 touchdowns. What if he does win two playoff games? What if he does do that? How do you feel? How would y'all feel? Just, just curious. Here. Cause no I'm one ever asked that question. That's not the question that, that comes out of fans mouth because they, they feed if into Dak, the other side. If Dak Prescott wins, a, uh, wins the Super Bowl, maybe not. Well, I ain't even, I ain't even, I ain't even go there. I ain't even going. I ain't even going to say if he gets, I'm going to say if he gets to a Super Bowl, okay. like, like Jalen Hurst did, Okay. He's automatically, automatically number three, questionable number two in my book. Because what those other two guys did with those teams, those were, you know, dynasties. But with this, with, with the media, social media, the parody of, I mean, the, the whole thing of the NFL, yeah. the, the, the way it's constructed, if he can take this team with this, with the pressure on him, I, I feel like at least number at least number three, question number two. Well, I, I don't care down. about rankings. I just just was curious how you, how you would feel if he if he if he did the uh, the opposite of what you're asking. That's all. Top top five quarterback easily. Top five easily. All right. Some people might think that now. Bye, man. Appreciate you, Gene. All right, brother. Let's get Miss Queen in the building. We ain't heard from Miss Queen in a minute. What's good, Queen? Hey, what's going on? Not much. How you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm just excited about this season coming up. It seems like the more we talk about it, the more excited I get. Yeah. Uh, it seems like they're making all the right moves. 
Um, uh, this is the most excited I've been about a season uh, in a very, very, very long time. Mm. And um, I just wanted to encourage everybody to get ready to drink the Kool-Aid because it is on and popping. And that is going to shut a lot of haters up. And um, all these players is trying to get their bags. Um, they're going to show you why they deserve their bag this season. From the rooter to the tutor. From the rooter to the tutor. All right, cool. That means from the front to the back <laughs> of the building. Going to show you what time it is. Love the positive energy. Love the positive energy, Miss Queen. That's all you and got for as show? far as Boston, as far as Boston Scientific goes, Uh-oh. ladies, get that man that Boston Scientific. I'm telling you, it gets him hard. Come it on. keeps his right so he can make it last all through the night. Come on, Miss Queen. I don't even gotta do a read. Y'all heard it. <laughs> Edcure.org, Boston Scientific. Yeah, I got that for you. I made that for you. Thank you, Miss Queen. That was fantastic. I'm actually going to pull that. Okay, Dave. <laughs> Talk to y'all later. Bye. <laughs> I mean, I don't even have to do the read. There it is. You heard it, Miss Queen. It ain't hard. But you can be. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. Uh, what other shows, man? What other shows? You gotta love it. I see you, uh, Clebo. Clebo said, uh, you know, thanks, guy, for asking the, 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 that question about Dak because no one asked those type of questions. That's why I did it. I did it on purpose, uh, Clebo. Uh, most people will lean into the, to the negative side. And it is a discussion that we need to talk about, but leaning into it constantly without talking about the other side and the potential... Uh, it can it can it can can be a bit of a miserable conversation you know yeah there's pressure there's always pressure on the dallas cowboys quarterback always pressure that'll never go away even more so when you haven't won a championship in so long but i'm i'm sorry if, if you want to call me a homer in the sense of i believe he's not going to throw 15 17 picks again i mean that that's just me looking at the science y'all last year was an anomaly I don't really worry about him getting back to not throwing that many picks in the regular season. That's not my, that's not my issue. We're we, we going to need the play to improve against a top defense in the postseason. We're going to need the coaching to improve against top teams in the postseason. And we're going to need the team to improve in the, po- in the postseason to get where we want to get to. But, hey, man, don't believe me about when it comes to a team thing. Go listen to one of the best young quarterbacks in the game. You know, Joe Burrow been saying the same thing we've been saying since the Romo days and, and, and before that and after that. No matter how good your damn quarterback is. If you ain't got the players in the environment, which includes coaching, that just makes it tougher. Impossible, I won't go that far. 
tougher? Yes. And the, the question that Gene posed of, you know, well, it's all on that. Well, if it's going to be put all on Dak Prescott, your Cowboys are not winning the Super Bowl. I'm telling you that right now. And that's not a dig at him because there's only maybe one, maybe two quarterbacks that you can say, hey, I'm going to put it all on you. Maybe. And even in that case of the one we all talk about, right? Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has, has one of the best coaches in the history of football. There's not many coaches that know how to put guys in the best position to succeed. He took a failure in Alex Smith and turned him into a pro bowler. You know, he gets success out of guys like Kevin Call, washed up Jeff Garcia, you know, Michael Vick, who was in prison for years. Be nice if we had one of those, not a Jason Garrett, Dave Campo, you know, Kellen Moore. And all the other failure of coaches that we've had come through here. So, so much context, man. That I, I And I've always been this way. I've been this way when Tony was a Q. Was, I've just always had this thought as a football fan that I never understood the obsession with putting everything on the quarterback. Good or bad. I don't think the quarterback should get all the credit either. <laughs> I just never, I never understood that. But I get it, man. It, 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 it gets clicks. It generates ratings is is what it is it's not fair to the team and it's not fair to the quarterback because he shouldn't get all the credit and he also shouldn't get all the blame but that's the way it goes that's the way the cookie crumbles 912 what it is what it do 912 going once Scott what's up man there we go, there we go. first time caller this is a uh, amp man Appreciate you calling in, man. Uh, I'm glad that you tuned in the way you do. Been following you for a while. So I got a couple questions for you, man. Um, So I heard you mention, uh, you know, we've been talking about QB and, you know, his responsibility and role and all of that good stuff, right? So if you had to, two-fold question, confidence level of success, for your defense going into this season, scale of one to ten, how do you feel? R- repeat that one more time. Confidence level mm-hmm. of success of your defense going into twenty twenty three. How do you feel? Oh, ten. Cool. Understood. Nothing needs to be said. Yeah. Confidence level for the same for your offense. Okay. Bro, forgive me for what I'm about to do. Right now, you're Dak Prescott, right? You're looking at your offensive line. Okay. Your dog Tyron banged up. Terrence on the way back. Don't know when he's coming back. You got a couple other questions because, you know, some other pieces are moving, you know, because of free agency, et cetera, whatever. All right. That's your O-line room. So we're going to put a question mark there, right? Uh, question mark is more about, yeah, question mark is more Tyron Smith, and then when they move Tyler to left tackle the guard. I, I'm more worried about the, the interior just the, fi- just the final fit, you know? Yeah. I mean, the final fit, the starting five, I'm not worried about. It's it's the it's the – what happens when Tyron goes down? That that has me worried. When? 
But anyway, not continue. <laughs> yeah, not if. No, you will never ever hear me say if when, <laughs> when it comes to Tyra Smith anymore. It's a matter of when that happens, bro. Facts. Facts. <laughs> so, uh, receiver room, a couple years removed from Amari's departure. Uh, Gallup was banged up last year. Don't know what he may look like, you know, in his recovery process going forward to this year. You got Jalen Tolbert. You made some chemistry with him last year. Coordinator's gone. Don't know how your big three is going to look now. You got a brand-new receiver in Cooks. In my personal opinion, I'm putting a question mark there. Wow. Just because you wait, unknown, wait, right? Wait, no. No. Unknown. We, here's what we know. We know that C.D. I'm Lamb, saying, uh, no, 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 he can ball. The dude can flat out ball. I ain't talking about his production. I'm just talking about what it looks like me? in our new offense. That's my question. Well, I mean, well, technically, you can say the whole offense is unknown, but you're asking my confidence level. Uh, how your confidence that's, level is not high for the receiver? That's what I was. That, that's what I was getting get, at. I'm me. looking around. Well, let me let me let me get to room. what I'm talking about for the room real quick. This is what okay. we know. C.D. Lamb is one of the best wide receivers in the league. Right? No doubt. All right. No Here's doubt. what we know. Brandon Cooks has been one of the best wide receivers in the league for the last 10 years. He's got six 1,000-yard seasons. He's only one of like seven or eight dudes to do that. And he's done it no with doubt. multiple different coordinators, multiple different schemes, multiple different quarterbacks. So I have no, no worry in my mind that he'll come here with a really good quarterback, a really good running mate, and be a really good part of this offense. And we also know now Michael Gallup will slide into that third option as opposed to being the second option off of a ACL injury. So I expect him to be better. How much better? That's an unknown. But I, I, I don't doubt the receiver room from one to three. Not at all. I'm sorry. I differ. I differ there. But continue. Cool. Cool. Okay. So how do you feel about the running back room? Ah, you, you're asking the wrong dude. I, I just look at running back. I'll say, well, how is my running scheme? Is my line blocking? Is my play caller? Do they have a scheme? Because I could plug any running back that has some juice and, and, and is tough. I, I, look, I think you can run out there right now with Tony Pollard, Rojo, obviously Pollard has to be healthy, and Deuce, and you can have a successful running game as long as you have the right scheme and the guys are blocking. So you're asking the wrong dude. I don't really look at running back and need a, a workhorse anymore. So I'm not worried about running back right now. I'm more worried about okay. when is Tony Pollard coming back pretty much. Understood, and that that's that's a big question mark for all of us because of his production. Sure. Um, I'm just if if I'm Dak, I'm looking at the room, and the start off the season, start off the season is a little shaky to me, just just because you've got questions that, granted, they will be answered, but you just don't know what the answer is going to be. Um, I I think the only question mark that I can really say is valid that you have is if you wanted to talk O line. Like, that's it. I mean, I don't understand how there's a question mark at receiver. There's no question mark at receiver, dog. Like, C.D. CD Lamb, Cooks, and Gallup is, is like a top five or six unit in this league. Like, that's that's wild to say they're a question mark. As for running back, I just sat here and watched a seventh-round pick, a journeyman backup, lead the way in the Super Bowl. I watched a Boston Scott, a, a Miles Sanders, and whomever else make it to the Super Bowl. I watched too many teams with run-of-the-mill running backs drafted mid-rounder or second, third, fourth, fifth, or undrafted have success. So I'm excuse me if I, if the running back room is doesn't really bother me much. I, I think you can get by with non-big names at running back. 
And plus, by the way, you have a pro bowler who was an absolute beast last year, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, so, right. and then you got Dak Prescott, who has proven as long as I'm on the field, on the field, we are usually putting out a pretty successful offense. Whether I have offense line question marks, which happened last year, whether I have oh. Noah Amari Cooper and a bunch of wide receiver twos or threes, which he had last year, aside from uh, CeeDee Lamb, whether my running game goes to a stagnant, you know, post, whether my offensive line goes to a stagnant situation, if he's playing, you have an advantage that you don't have when he's not playing from a successful offensive standpoint. So, yeah, Undoubtedly. I think the biggest question mark is how our scheme looks. Like, what is that going to be? I can't tell you. I, I don't know what that is. I, I don't know. But I, I feel confident as long as four is out there, you got you got plenty of talent. I mean, you went out and got cooks. You got plenty of talent to get it done, man. Cool. Now, follow up. Follow, well, shifting gears, rather. Yeah. With how did you feel when we got the acquisition of, of Gilmore? I was excited. Like, how did you, better yet, how did you feel like pre-draft after we made our uh, free agent acquisitions? Oh, you must ain't been listening. Because I said, what, you mean, not free agent, you mean the trades? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I said, the Cowboys could forfeit the draft right now, and I have the confidence that this team could go out there and compete with anybody. That's, that's how confident Bro, I was. I just needed you to say it again, but <laughs> I literally, legitimately felt the same way. I'm like... Yeah. I said something this year. I even told my wife, bro. She knows I'm a lifetime Cowboys fan. Yeah. I said, babe, you've never heard me say this before, but looking at what we did pre-draft yep. and how well we normally do in the draft, I said, babe, and plus what we retain, I that, said, that was key too, the Cowboys retain. are going to win the Super Bowl. I said, because this is unheard of. We're doing stuff that we hadn't done, right? But, bro, something hit me last night because I've been hearing all this Diggs talk, right? Because we were super excited. That was a twist. Yeah, go ahead. I we'll, said, we'll hit you. I said, damn. Gilmore is the flex, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They brought Gilmore in to curb Diggs' leverage for this year. Like, on the surface, I was looking at it like, man, he's great. He comes in with. Super Bowl experience, great knowledge, super talent. He's going to, you know, be in essence a coach on the field. He's going to help these guys. All those things is what I was praising. But last night I was like, damn. Here, here's, he legit is the. Here's the biggest thing he's going to do for you on the field. He's going to have that pass rush on steroids. Because now mm -hmm. you, you can't turn to AB and, and, and boss man fat and nation, right. And, and Rhodes and all these other dudes off the street and be like, all right, cool. We, we good. We got an outlet. Now you got to hold that ball a little bit longer. And when you hold that ball mm -hmm. a little bit longer, we got one of the best pass rushes in the league. Yes, yep. sir. Yes, sir. Yep. Hey, Amen. Yeah. Appreciate but I think the, uh, in, in, in his creepy, we, we got crazy mind, I think, I think that was Steven's way of kind of saying, yeah, Diggs, uh, we need you to bring it down a couple notches home, boy. We got, yeah, we got. But I appreciate your time, man. P.O.P., hold it down. Hold it down, man. Appreciate you landing the plane. All right, big dog. Not, not, it wasn't that dang on back. We just had to land the plane. That's all. We just had to land the plane. But, but intriguing questions. Uh, 
maybe something we can revisit. I mean, it's fair. It, it is fair for, for people to question the offense as a whole, I guess, because we don't we don't know the scheme or whatever in, in the offense line situation, but I'm sorry, I can't question the receiver room. And I will always tell you, I'm the wrong person to ask about running backs, man. I'm just the wrong one. I, I don't think you need a, a workhorse guy. And I think you got a Tony Pollard and a bunch of dudes that compliment Tony Pollard. So I feel good about it. Now, if you say, well, what about the run scheme? That's that's the question mark for me. Bring me in the run scheme. <laughs> he said he pump faked it. <laughs> I right, let's get to the last caller. Get up out of here. <laughs> Suddenly, did he hit me with the... Oh, where's it at? Hey, 469. What it is, what it do, man? Hey, what's up? Hey, Scott, how you doing? I'm good, man. Man, I've been listening to you for about, <clears throat> about two years, man. And Damn. I appreciate the content, man. You've been, you've been, you've been on it, man. I get up. And I'm like, man, how do, how do y'all do this every day? And I just said to myself, you have to have a passion for yes. your team and what you're doing and love what you're doing. So man. I appreciate the good work that you guys put out, man. And Thank I, you. I never, you know what I'm saying, lowball you guys or, you know, discredit any of the work you do because I don't see nobody on YouTube or any other platforms across America doing what y'all do for these Dallas Cowboys at all. Man, that's real. You're absolutely right. You, you have to have a love for not only this team, but but what you do. And I got both of those. Right. I, I had to, I had to first I'll get that out. You know what I'm saying? This is my first time calling in, but I do I do watch the show. I just I mean, by the time I I decide to call in, it's like a lot of the questions that day that I wanted to ask or good. or talk about somebody that said it or or you done hit on it already. Uh, or whatever. But I did have a question. What what do you think? What do you think would happen if, hypothetically, if even though we brought uh, uh, did I just I forgot his name real quick, the counterback in? What, what position? What, what position are you talking about? Uh, the counterback we just brought in. Oh, Gilmore. 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 Yeah. So if he go, if he go down, who do we have to replace him? So that's a good question. So you know how they were working Deron Bland inside outside. He he could potentially be an option. Um, Israel McQuam was another guy that could be a wild card there if they decide to pull that trigger. Um, Nation Wright technically is still here, and then excuse me, uh, of course, mm. Boss Man Fat. I, I don't I don't know if those two guys would be legitimate options. But if you're asking me right now in May, because things can definitely change at camp and preseason. But in May, I would go with sliding Deron Bland on the outside. And then, and then putting uh, Jordan what's Lewis. What's the name? I'll just put Jordan Lewis oh, we in still, the got Jordan Lewis? Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I, 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 I ain't really read nothing on him, uh, updated about him. Yeah, because he, he never got injured, so he was recovering from that. But that's, so, that's what then, I would And then he got injured an interception on top of that. He got injured on his interception. He was starting to get back right, and then boom, he got injured. Sure did. I I I remember that. And just right before that guy uh, was asking you them weird questions, like he was going to hit you with something. I was I was anticipating what was he going with. It. He really didn't go nowhere with it. Just the way he was asking was kind of weird. But we I, get, about, I guess I guess you're talking about the, like the the, the the ranking the the confidence of the offense and defense. Yeah, yeah, man. Like that, that was. <laughs> 
That was kind of weird, but while he, while he was saying that, look, this is what I was thinking. Okay. All right, I know every year we say Super Bowl, we can win a Super Bowl, this and that. And then I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? He could be on to something. The reason why I believe he could be on to something because what I noticed about our Cowboys, and everybody knows, even my little 10-year-old son knows, you can dictate what we're going to do on offense. Yeah. And for you to say you don't know the, you to say you don't know what it's going to look like yet, that means the rest of the league don't know mm, what it's going to look like. Talk to him. Talk to him. So, that's real. That's real. If that's, if, that's, if that's the case, they don't have that, mm, let's look at the film from last year to study this team for this year. They're going to have to wait for this whole season to play out before there are at least nine, ten games to play out before they can even – get some, some credible film on what it is that that we're doing. That's true. And I think that can place our advantage uh, for the for the year. Yeah, I think I what, the call, what the caller was probably trying to get at was, like, we don't have any questions on defense, right? Like, most of the questions reside with, like, depth. Most of the questions reside with, oh, who's our third and fourth linebacker type? But, but the defense, you feel like, yeah. man, they can go out there and be one of the top defenses right now. I, I think of he's course. saying is there's more question marks offensively. And that's fair. Like you, you, it all depends how you determine it. He believes there's question marks at receiver, at, at running back, offensive line. That that is fair. You can talk yourself into that. But my my biggest answer to all that is is four playing. If four is playing, then I think yes, it'll be sir. more about how do I manage that with him. Then, yes. if I can manage it correctly, I think we can go farther. It's, it's situation. I hate to go back with the San Fran game when TP mm. went down. It should have never been about putting it on the back of four. It should have been about, okay, how do I man? How do I manage this situation where we are devoid of a bunch of talent offensively with our best player out, our running back hobbled, who really couldn't give us any type of burst? How do I manage that? Well, they could have did things like not throw it on second and two. They could have did things like you know right. run the ball a little bit more with Malik Davis. They could have did some screens, easy button things. And then you say, okay, right. we managed it well, Dak. We did our part. Now I just need you to hit on those plays because I say this all the time. There's about five to six plays where it don't matter what you call, what you do. I just need you to execute. I just need you to do that. And, and, and I think that's where it comes for me. If four is there, I just need to be able to manage the game right with him and the guys we got because you got guys right now healthy. You do. I think you're good enough on both sides of the ball to be one of the top teams in the league, man. That's just me. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, most most definitely. And, and when you when you predictable, we're talking about – uh, competent NFL players on defense that's smart, and they go over this over and over every day, every week. And they, I'm sure they watch film and do all sorts of things. So they can actually see plays de- developing before it happened, and they can just see, okay, they just did this play the last drive. They just did this play uh, two drives ago. They just yeah. did this play uh, that, that, three that downs ha- ago. That happened Come on, on the pick. That happened on the interception. I, can't, I don't know if it was David Carr, if it was Kurt Warner. I forget who, who pinpointed it out. But the, we got down to that same exact area, and they ran a very similar concept. And they got picked picked apart on it the first time. The second time around, the cornerback adjusted to it, and we had an interception. So, you know, the team, that team specifically, D'Amico Ryan's and that defense, that's a smart team, man. You, you can't be uh, predictable um, when, you, when you're playing those guys, man. All right, the, look, the last thing, last thing I'm going to say before I get out of here, because I don't want to be too long-winded and no, land the plane smoothly. Uh, to 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 my cowboy cowboy fans out there, usually when they, when they call in the play, because people think that Dak he can just do his Peyton Manning routine where he can just change 
the whole play. Depending on what play is called, what what set that we in, it's, he only have a limited uh, amount of uh, uh, audibles that he can change that play into that everybody can understand what's going on. So it ain't like he can just change the play from a, a four receivers into a complete run play up the middle with Zeke. So he, he pretty much has to run the play that's designed. So that's why I hate when they try to get on deck, say the interceptions, this and that. Y'all got to re- remember who put him in them positions and was trying to, and wanted him to try to get out of a hard predicament. You know what I'm saying? It's just like throwing, throwing me out there with five people and, and jumping me and I'm supposed to get through all of them and get away. It's, it's just hard. It's hard to do that. Yeah. I used to hate when people said, uh, well, he could change the play. Well, he does that. He does that plenty. He goes to the line and he audibles a ton. Uh, half the time they go to the line with two plays because in, in Kellen Moore's system, it was almost always dependent on what the defense is showing you. And and teams caught on to that. Teams was like, okay, well, we'll show you one thing and we'll switch it up. So now I got your quarterback having to go through multiple reads as opposed to going through one or two. Because I hate when people say he doesn't read. the He quite literally does. Sometimes he does it too fast. And in reality, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in reality, <laughs> yeah. you always want your first read to hit. Like every team designs a play for their first read to be successful. And if that read is not there, now we go to the secondary reads. But but I digress. We get into X's and O's, but but I appreciate the football talk, man. Oh no, no, for sure, man. I appreciate you for uh taking my call and just hearing me out, man. I really do. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Good stuff, man. Uh, what's your name? All right. I forgot to get the last. Oh, uh, Noel, 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 Noel. Let me put y'all in here, Noel. Yeah, put me in there, man. I'll be, I'll be calling back here and there. All right, big dog. And, and last, hey, call hey, hey, and, hey, and by the way, by the way, last year, right before we made that pick and got uh, Tyron Smith, I, I, I gotta say that I, I had put in the coming. I'm like, man, we're gonna pick an offensive tackle. And you read my comment. You said. I doubt the Cowboys are going to pick an offense. We ain't pick an offensive tackle about eight years in the first round. <laughs> you said Tyron Smith. And we, end up, and we end up getting them, man. Oh, I was Tyler, so happy, Tyler, 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 Tyler. You're talking about last yeah, year, Tyler, Tyler Smith. Smith. Yeah, Tyler Smith, Oh, yeah. I, look, I did not see Tyler Smith coming until the day before where it was like, hey, man, you might want to pay attention to Tyler Smith. And, and so I, yeah. I did not see Tyler coming. No doubt about it. I thought we'd get off his lineman. I just didn't think it'd be a tackle. But it was a tackle we turned to guard. So that was a win. Right, right. That, that's and that's oh, that's what I like, man. It's, I like my guy, you know his stuff. Cause you saying names, I thought. Look, I'm gonna tell you before I get on. I I thought I knew my my information real good, but when I started listening to you, man, I was like, <laughs> this this man, he's throwing out names that man I ain't never heard of. I'm like, let me go back and check some of these people out, and I start checking. I'm like, yeah, my boy, he on it, man. This the guy yeah. right here. I gotta make sure I, I stay up on his content and try not to put out. Too many gems for other teams uh, in our division, <laughs> sir. Oh I try not to, man. Appreciate you, big dog. Hey, all I right. Just, I just, you know, first of all, I got to tip my hat to guys like Foots and, and Vach who are, if you're talking about the draft, if you're talking about the draft, those, those are the guys. You know, I'm still developing and learning how to scout. I hate to use that word. I'm not a real scout, but that's what it is, right? How to scout and, 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 and follow tendencies and trends and things like that. But appreciate the kind words, man. I really do. All right, we are up against a little bit. Went a little longer on the last two, but appreciate y'all. Let me get to some Super Chats on the way out. Super Chat. Shout out to my guy, Matt Lennox. Matt, I'm out of text you, man. I'm going to get another segment going now, dang it. We got everybody full time. Y'all know I'm trying to get that uh, writer's block going. 
Appreciate you though, Matt. Super chat. Uh, Alex P says, smelling like an MVP season for that. There was a question yesterday. Somebody said, MVP Super Bowl. Man, we all want the Super Bowl. So I, I, I hope he's Super Bowl MVP. I don't give a damn about MVP. Super Bowl MVP. But Pat did break the, Pat Mahomes broke that little streak of not winning the Super Bowl when you're the MVP. So maybe he starts something. Super chat. DC drop. That was yesterday. He dropped another one, though, but appreciate you, DC, for life. Uh, six to midnight. Super chat. He said, he dropped five and says, should we be worried about the amount of teams Brandon Cooks has been on in such a short period of time? I would. But but dang, I wish I would have read that earlier. I would have loved to kind of go into that a little bit more. I, I think it's a testament to the fact that he was able to be on all these teams and be successful. Um, it's not like he's been a, a locker room problem. He's been a bad player or anything like that. This is just part of business, man. Uh, he's never been DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Larry Fitzgerald in his prime or those type of guys where he's a number one receiver. Most teams are just keeping all the time. He was one of the most quality number two guys. And those dudes tend to move around. You know, you can get good value for him. Hell, if you were the team, because he got traded for a first and second round pick like three times. If you were a team, would you turn down? The first or second round pick for your second best receiver? No, you would take it. So everywhere he went, he just was successful because he was good. And this is how you know he was good because he was getting traded for those type of picks when he was younger. Now he's older. You're not trading a first or second round pick for the, for him. But what you do get is you get value. You get a an, an older guy who still has juice, who still was good for a fifth round pick and not really paying him that much. So he might end up being more valuable now for you than he was for the other teams because you ain't giving up day one or two picks. You know I mean? Shout out to Land Lord from Alabama. Just dropped one. Super chat. Says shout out to Sky and the Bomb Squad. We need that Land and Sky attack the ops from all areas. Salute. You're absolutely right. Uh, make sure you call you call in too this week, man. Alright, good stuff. Good stuff this week. This week flew by, man. Flew by. Love it. Tomorrow, we'll probably do a uh, roll out the Oh, TV, no, man. Friday. This is the off season. Ain't doing nothing. I might uh, roll out the TV, do a mailbag, talk to y'all, send out the uh, mailbag questions, see if you guys have anything on your mind you want to discuss on the show. Later on, final show of the week with me and Vach on the Vach and Buddy live show. You cannot miss shows, man. Yesterday was a doozy. And then Mo will be back on for the final show of the week a to z sports prime time do me a favor if you were here for me and pat's scientific method drop fire emojis pat came through talk about the day three draft picks and their potential future as always it's good stuff man we'll be back next week for another episode slash segment of the scientific method and of course, if you're new and you enjoy all this, man, hit that sub button. That's how you become part of the Bomb Squad, man. All right. I'm going to go ahead and press this button, get up out of here, and get ready for later on in the day. Oh, gosh. You know, I don't even acknowledge these type of comments anymore. It's just... 
certain fans are, are casual fans, and that's fine. We got a lot of casual fans. A lot of casual fans are part of being a fan. But I said it on Twitter. This show ain't for the casual fan. Salute.